Welcome to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast, the show for anyone wanting to be on the cutting edge of SaaS tech sales. We provide the tools that you need to take advantage of the rapidly changing sales environment. We bring you the leading experts on the front lines of SaaS sales and distill down our famous sales masterclasses into bite-sized practical tips. Your hosts will be Ash Ali and Matt Milligan. And in this podcast, we'll be helping you transform your ability to sell more so you can smash your targets. Hey everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. This, a little like last week, is an extract from one of Matt Milligan's sales leadership conversations. Matt was lucky enough to sit down with Natasha Dadlani. Natasha is the global head of sales at Market News MI, a macro intelligence firm specializing in central bank policy. It's super fascinating work, and it's something that her and Matt get into here. There's also conversation around client acquisition, risk aversion in sales, and the ways that Gen Z are distinct as a group of salespeople. So with no further ado, here are Matt Milligan and Natasha Dadlani. Awesome. Well, Natasha, thanks so much for joining me today in the next edition of the Sales Leader Interviews for the Remote Sales Culture Study that we're doing. Um, it's great to see you uh, this morning and really looking forward um, to unpicking some of the topics around remote sales culture with you. Mm-hmm. For those who are watching this or reading this for the first time and are unfamiliar perhaps with MI, um, or the types of clients that you sell into. If you wouldn't mind, Natasha, just kicking off with a bit of an intro to yourself, um, your role, and of course, M&I. Sure, sounds good. Thanks, Matt. So uh, just to give a bit of background on, on M&I. So we uh, sell essentially financial, uh, real-time financial research and news uh, into banks and hedge funds. Um, so we've got two main sides of the business. So we have our policy arm, which is a kind of journalistic side. So we're press accredited. Um, with uh, bureaus based across the globe, uh, where our journalists go and source exclusive interviews, which we then release to market uh, and can be market moving um, in in terms of their impact. And then we have the other side, which is our markets team, which is very much more of a research setup. Uh, So we have analysts and strategists and chief economists in there uh, who are producing kind of real time um, FI, FX and political risk analysis um, for, for our client base. So that's a bit about uh, market news in terms of myself. So I uh, look after the sales team at MNI. Um, I've been with the business just over two and a half years, uh, but have worked with our CEO, Terry Alexander, for the past nine years, um, where we were previously at uh, another company called BMI Research. And uh, a number of us have moved across and followed our, our CEO from BMI to MNI. Uh, so there's a, n- a number of us that have worked together for a very long time, and it fosters a very nice culture uh, with it within the company. It's fascinating how that happens in... I think it, it happens in a lot of departments, but but especially sales. Very very tight knit community, and you often see the same kind of bands of of teams moving from company to company. That's awesome. Talk us through the the structure of your team, Natasha, because obviously it's not what you'd consider, I guess, you know, pure SaaS or software sales. However, you know, the structure of your team from from our previous conversations seems like you've kind of set the team up uh, to kind of operate alongside that kind of typical SDR account exec uh, function. That's correct. Yeah, it was slightly different because obviously we kind of work in the, in the in the news and research space rather than SaaS specifically. Um, but the, the sales team structure, so we've got um, a new business function, obviously going after fresh new logos. Uh, the account management team, we've got obviously, a, we're a subscription-based business, so the account management function is hugely important for us um, in terms of our retention um, of our client base and growth of our client base. And then the SDR piece, um, which we've developed really over the last 18 months. Um, and there's been a big evolution um, in that function and it's grown out uh, hugely. We like to uh, hire people in um, who have you know zero to six months experience into that SDR function. And really we spend a lot of time training and molding uh, them into obviously the fantastic salespeople that they go 
thing then go on to be so we do like to hire in and and train and then move people up and enjoy seeing that progression path yeah i mean talk i'd love to hear some of your experiences around building that sdr function it seems to be such a challenge for sales leaders in terms of making the right hires at those junior levels um, and getting the team set up for success. I mean, how has the experience been, and especially kind of doing that amidst uh, a global pandemic? Sure, yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the, the setup for us, the kind of three things I think that were really important that we've evolved is within that SDR period um, that each of the, the, um, the team that join have a very clear plan, development plan. So each month we actually have monthly milestone kind of mini accreditations on the way of different sales skill sets that they're building up towards their promotion. So I think the path from literally the day they join to when they get promoted, they know what they're gonna be doing. And I think that's really important, especially for young people and in a virtual environment um, to have that structure and that setup. So the first one is definitely a structure and setup. I think is even virtually even more important than ever before uh, to make sure that they feel like they know where they're going and really guide them on, on the journey that we're taking them on, but, but lay that out from day one. Um, and the second piece is obviously support. So um, we've onboarded five people virtually uh, into the wow. SDR function uh, this year. And um, it's uh, more than obviously when a, whenever people join, there's a lot of support that goes into obviously training people up. But virtually, I think has been a more of a challenge in terms of offering that additional layer of support that they just wouldn't have, um, you know, sitting in a room on themselves by themselves is a pretty tough, tough task uh, to learn about a company to, you know, obviously integrate with the team. Um, so that's been really, really a kind of key focus for us, kind of structure and support for the SDR team um, generally, but even more so virtually. 100%. I'd love to talk about the remote onboarding side in just a moment. I think you hit the nail on the head there when you talked about the structure that you need to put in place for, especially for the junior hires. I mean, we, we see a lot, I think this year, especially a lot of kind of 60 to 180 day churn, which is you're kind of as a sales leader, you're pulling your hair out because you've spent, you know, you've invested heavily in bringing the hires into the business. And I think if they don't have that very clear path and roadmap of development, um, and if they kind of feel like they're left to fend for themselves and figure it out, we see a lot of very junior reps and I've been there. Uh, I'm sure you have as well at moments in your career, just trying to figure it out on your own. I think particularly at the junior level now, it's all Gen Z, right? Gen Z uh, are purely the, the generation that we're hiring into these roles. And, and what we've seen from our data at UHubs is they have very different preferences when it comes to career and what they want to get out of their career there's a big element of, of, of what's missing from what Gen Z want in a career. Mm. Uh, they are all about growth and development. Yes, very much so. And progression, quick progression. <laughs> and quick progression. And the, you know, the promotions that you spoke about at the beginning of the call really help. Um, that's fantastic to see. I think it's fantastic to see for other team members as well. Progression is, uh, as I said, the structure and the progression, I think is for most young people, you know, one of the questions they always ask is, What's the, you know, what's the path to the promotion path internally? Um, and, and again, as you mentioned, obviously, the, the training and progression aspect. Um, so we do put a lot of resource and, and time into that. And, and how's that been from a kind of time capacity perspective, Natasha? I mean, obviously, your, your more experienced salespeople have still got numbers to hit. You know, they've still got to keep the, uh, keep the wheels going 100%. And I guess a big factor influencing that culture is obviously having to onboard these new hires remotely. I mean... Talk us through how you made that shift this year, Natasha. You know, obviously, SDRs rely heavily on vibing off each other and the energy, uh, knowledge sharing. I mean, I mean, did you do many things? Obviously, I assume you changed quite a few things 
with the remote <laughs> onboarding process, but talk us through some of those key changes. Yeah, so the I think the, the kind of key thing is just more uh, contact time. So um, there'll be more kind of team lunches as well to integrate them from the, you know, getting them into the company and also bonding with their with their, uh, with their team, which is, as you know, for people joining the business, it's hugely important to get that buy-in. Mm. Um, so we did some things like that. We also did some activities for people to meet up outside um, as well during the summer, um, just so that they actually got to get together um, more often, uh, you know, playing games of rounders and going for dinner and things like that. So we, we made sure there was much more of a focus on the social aspect of integration. Um, and in terms of the, the, the SDR team, and then just in terms of onboarding, um, more contact time in terms of just having open calls. So during the day, there's a lot of shadowing going on kind of virtually, um, but that actually helps, again, foster a really good team spirit. So they'll all be on, on the same call um, while they're doing their outreach. So for instance, if they're do all doing a cold call session, they'll actually be on a kind of virtual call together to kind of share feedback and obviously share frustrations when they come up as well. Um, so we've, we've done a lot of uh, those types of team um, virtual bonding kind of uh, in a kind of social aspect, but also mm. from the professional aspect as well to try and get that competitive team spirit going uh, with some incentives as well and kind of prizes um, around uh, performance in those sessions. I love that. I love the uh, team rounders as a, as a fantastic idea. Yeah. And, and quite a good game to play uh, during, during lockdown. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to hear. We've been talking quite a lot this year to clients about, you know, obviously it's great to cut your teeth actually in the trenches and in live sales environments. But I think there is a tendency as well for, for us as salespeople to become a little bit less risk-taking. You know, if there's a new approach or a, a new angle that we'd like to test or a slightly different positioning, you kind of feel less likely to do that in a, in a live sales call as you would be in a, in a kind of safer role-play environment. True. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I think it's, as you said, it's important because they're getting a lot of training. It's important that they have time to practice that before going straight out to the client um, and practice, you know, especially question asking, as, as you know, is obviously a kind of key part in sales, you know, which are going to land and which aren't. It's better to get a, a bad response from me than uh, from, from one of our senior clients. So, um, yeah, definitely. We, we like a safe space internally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I quite like to use the football analogy as well um, of, you know, top football teams don't just play matches you know they practice techniques and strategies before the game before game day i think uh, there's a tendency when you're just trying to hit the number and hit meet your target as a salesperson to just just be playing matches uh, and you never have a chance to actually reflect on your own performance and uh try new things yeah that's really important and just on the training side with the, with our sales reps and with our team leaders um, we have training at all stages, so it's not just the SDR team that have that weekly intensive kind of, as you said, the chance to reflect and try out new strategies and role play that continues um, throughout the whole sales team. It's very much a, a growth mindset um, at, at any stage of, of, of their development here. I love it. That's uh, uh, that's amazing to hear. Uh, thinking about 2020, Natasha, you know, remote sales culture, we're no longer office based. I mean, what have you seen as some of the biggest challenges coming through through your team and, and how have you handled handled those this year? Um, I think this obviously when when it kind of was coming, we we, we kind of didn't anticipate it to, to, this, to, to last as long as it did. Um, I think when, when we left the office, I remember the day we, we, when we were leaving the office and uh, everyone was saying, obviously, you know, it's only going to be a few weeks. And yeah. uh, obviously that, that didn't happen. So I think throughout the, the period, there was a kind of different um, mindsets and changes people had to adjust to. One word that 
we kind of danced around on on this conversation is is that word community i mean you know you mentioned that your new hires are working you know gone from selling in an office environment to now selling alone in their bedrooms i think as a profession you know there was a lot of networking events here in london uh, pre-pandemic that's all been taken away i mean have you thought or have you had dialogue with your team this year around that lack of community um, and thought about ways that perhaps your your team could benefit from having more access to other salespeople that they can learn from? Uh, we haven't kind of had an open open talk about it from the wider sales team, from the, the team leaders, the management team. Um, we've, we've definitely discussed, obviously, when you say network, obviously other salespeople is great, but I think also for us is the big client aspect um, and being able to obviously go and touch point with our clients. So I think definitely, I think it's always good for the team to learn from other, other sales teams and new techniques. And as I said, they're hungry for learning. Um, we're definitely a development type mindset team, um, growth mindset. So um, I think that would definitely be helpful. But I think also just the, the kind of physical touch points with, with clients has also been hugely missed in terms of our community. Because obviously our community yep. is, our, is our client base very much so. Um, and um, uh, so I think that's been a, a kind of sorely missed this year and people are looking forward to returning to that at some point next year. Yeah. And, and I guess, how are you thinking about client interactions heading into 2021? Because this has been a really interesting topic in these conversations. You know, we've had the majority of, of leaders just hold their hands up and say, quite frankly, I don't know. I don't know if clients are going to be comfortable meeting in person next year. We hear talk in the States around conferences and Sasters just being booked for September. So it could be as soon as September that we're back in person. Mm. How are you thinking about interactions and how are you kind of nurturing your team and helping steer them towards thinking about that? Yeah, so it's something we've definitely, because we used to do a lot of um, client trips um, on a very regular basis. Um, so uh, that was a huge part part of our job <laughs> and uh, helping retention. Obviously this year, because we've been on a similar playing field, obviously with other vendors, um, we haven't obviously seen that impact because everyone's in the same situation. But I think we definitely want to get back to that as soon as um, the, the environment kind of fosters itself to, to lend itself to do that. We have a kind of key client uh, base, some key accounts uh, that we speak to on a very regular basis um, and kind of touching points with them on when they think they're re returning to work and kind of monitoring again when they would start um, wanting or be happy with people to return to see them. So we're kind of monitoring that from a kind of keeping in touch with our clients and getting a sense of um, what their sentiment is. But from, from, from what I can see at the moment, there is no date in mind that everyone knows, okay, that's when we'll return. Um, so for us, again, we don't, we'll just evolve as things evolve next year and evolve with that, but we're very much ready and, and willing as soon as we, we, we can really. Yeah, I think it's a need to stay, remain agile in these uncertain yes. times for sure um really interesting to to hear i mean i guess that kind of closely links in then with with what is you know perhaps a, a question that's top of uh, every sales leader's mind at the moment heading into the new year how are you thinking about style of working i mean are you do you foresee a fully remote you know continuing for the first let's say six months of next year would you like to get your team back in the office for certain days per week? Um, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something I get asked on a regular basis as well. <laughs> I wish I had all the answers. Um, so I think the, the key thing is, is we want to get definitely back our team uh, during the kind of um, summer months, we were doing one day in the office um, for different smaller groups, kind of in small groups. So I think we'd like to return to that as soon as we can next year. Uh, again, when that is, I can't, I can't, 
I can't say, um, but as soon as we are able to again, um, we are very keen for the, for the team to do that and they're very keen to come back in, even if it's one or two days a week. And I think longer term, obviously, as things evolve and, and the vaccine gets rolled out, um, I think we'll look to gradually start increasing the, the amount of days in the office um, and then look at what form that takes. But I don't think we'll ever go back to how it was before. I think we've seen real productivity gains um, actually from people being able to work from home, especially working in different time zones uh, as yeah. our team do. Um, it's actually been very helpful for them to be able to um, not have that commuting hour um, either side of the day. So I think we're definitely going to keep it more flexible, but I think there's a definite need and wish and want for people to start going back in on a more regular basis. So we'll facilitate that as soon as we, as we, as we can and we think it's safe to do so. For sure. And then I guess, you know, especially in a remote environment, I'm curious to hear, you know, would, would you would you value being able to get additional data into terms of how your team are feeling and performing on a monthly basis? You know, I guess now that we're fully remote, it's harder to observe behavior and, and see how people are genuinely doing. I think, you know, mental health and well-being has been a really big factor for sales teams this year. Yeah. Um, Curious to hear about how you you might you know value some additional insights into into those those things. Uh, I think very very shortly. I mean, hugely um, would be the answer. I think, as you said, it's it's very important. I think the human aspect um, of being a leader um, this year has been more important than ever, and um, being in tune with your team um, as much as possible which means obviously contact on a, on a very regular basis, kind of one-to-one -one contact, um, which um, I think has been hugely vital to making sure people are not just on top of their, their professional life, but also the challenges that people have faced um, in, their, in their personal lives this year. And everyone, you know, I think a number of cases across the team that have been very turbulent for people. Um, and it's very important to um, have supported them through that. So I do think that the human aspect of leadership is, is very important. I don't, and I don't think it's something that we should lose um, moving forward either. I think it's very important to be invested in um, in, in your team um, in, in every aspect of their life, you know, in, in, in the kind of professional way, but be interested in, and obviously support them through the tough times that they, they might be going through. So um, yeah, we're looking to continue that, but hugely any insights uh, would be greatly appreciated and valued, um, I'm sure for most sales leaders. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, encouraging to hear. I mean, Natasha, I've really enjoyed our, our conversation today and it's been fascinating hearing your insights and experiences. I mean, congratulations on an amazing uh, success story this year. Um, for those listening to this, obviously, we, we're about to go live in the new year with a new um, sprint for sales tech for women. So we're trying to inspire the next generation of women in, in tech sales. I mean, where can that audience find out more about you as a thought leader in the industry? And where can they find out more about M&I? Uh, well, LinkedIn is usually the best place to, uh, lots of people contact me on LinkedIn, uh, lots of aspiring uh, individuals, men and women, um, uh, contact me and, and reach out. So I'm very happy to, to kind of speak with people uh, if, they're, if they're able to reach me on uh, LinkedIn. Amazing. Natasha, thanks so much. Really enjoyed the conversation today and look forward to catching up soon. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much. So thank you for listening to the SaaS Sales Performance Podcast. At UHubs, we help businesses develop and upskill their teams. To see how you stack up against the industry's best, or to get marketing and sales tips from SaaS experts, check out uhubs.co.uk.